0: Our reading today is from uh, Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, which is on page 839 in the Bibles. Jesus calms the storm. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped.
1: Thanks, Sarah. Uh, If you'd like to keep that passage open in front of you, and we'll look at that together. And as we do, let's pray and ask for God's help. Our Father, we thank you for this time to gather around your word. And we pray that as we do, uh, you would minister to us by your Holy Spirit, that you would open our eyes uh, to see you, that we would have a, a deeper knowledge and understanding of who you are and what you've done and what it means to trust you in the midst of the storm. And we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. I wonder, are you stressed? There's all sorts of things that might cause us uh, to feel anxious uh, or stressed. Uh, We're living in tumultuous times, aren't we? Uh, At a global level, the effects of the pandemic are still being felt in uh, different ways in our society. Uh, And of course, uh, the conflicts in Ukraine and Gaza are never far from our news feeds. All of us are are living through this cost of living crisis with uh, interest rates and uh, food prices squeezing our household budgets. Uh, The nature of so much of our online discourse makes for a a toxic environment that is only ever a, a swipe of a screen away. If you're a parent, maybe you're anxious about the kind of society That your children are growing up in, the influences that they're under and what that uh, future might look like for them. Uh, There is no doubt that we are living in stormy times. It's no surprise that that poor mental health is a a major topic of discussion in our society today. And if we're Christians, well, we, we certainly aren't immune from those things. We're very much affected by the world that we live in. Christians are no strangers to fear or anxiety. For the last couple of weeks, we've been studying Mark's account of Jesus' life, and we've been asking the question, who is Jesus? It's the question that's at the heart of Mark's gospel. But what does Jesus' identity have to do with how we handle fear and anxiety? Well, the passage that we're looking at today, it tells us that that Jesus' identity has everything to do with how we approach stormy situations in our lives. If we can get a right understanding of who Jesus is, then that ought to radically shape the way that we handle tumultuous times in our lives. And the first thing that we notice in this passage is actually something that's pretty surprising. It's something that we might not expect. If If you look with me at verse 35. Uh, We read there, on that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. And if you've been with us over the last couple of weeks, uh, then you'll know that we're doing a bit of a whistle-stop tour through Mark's gospel. We're not going through the entire book, so it's maybe helpful just to fill in some of the gaps as we go. In our first week, we looked at the introduction to Mark's gospel, and we saw that Mark's account is all about Jesus, about who he was and what he did. We saw the claim at the very beginning that Jesus is the Son of God, the one who came to save his people. And then last week, we were in Mark chapter 2, and the account of Jesus healing the paralytic. We saw that the way that Jesus saves people is by dealing with our greatest need forgiveness of sin. And we saw that the claim to forgive sin, uh, that was a claim to be God, a claim that immediately met with a hostile response from the religious leaders who recognized that only God could forgive sin. And between the passage that we looked at last week and the one that we're looking at today, here at the end of chapter 4, Mark charts various ways in which Jesus demonstrates his divine authority. Uh, as We've got various accounts of healings and uh, ways in which Jesus teaches about the, his coming kingdom. And by the time we get to the end of chapter 4, uh, and the passage that Sarah read to us, there's such a large crowd gathered around Jesus that he had to get into a boat on the Sea of Galilee and teach from there. And that's where we find him in verse 35. And I want us to notice something very significant about what Jesus says here. Something you might not expect when it comes to navigating life's trials. Notice verse 35 that it was Jesus who said to his disciples, Let us go across to the other side. It was Jesus who sent his disciples out on to the lake. And given what we know about his identity already, well, Jesus would have known what lay ahead. He knew that he was leading his disciples out into a life-threatening storm. I wonder, does that surprise you? That Jesus would intentionally lead his followers into a stormy situation? You know, some people teach that as Christians, we should only ever expect calm seas, health, and prosperity. But that is absolutely not what the Bible teaches. All of us experience life storms. Uh, Sometimes those storms are of our own making. But sometimes God, He places us in stormy situations. Sometimes the eye of the storm is exactly where God intends us to be. Why is that? Why would God do that? Why would he place his people in a storm? Why did Jesus tell his disciples to set sail knowing full well what was coming? Well, I think there are a couple of very good reasons. Jesus had some things to to teach his disciples in the midst of the storm. If you look with me at verse 36, we read there, "'And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, "'Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing?' Now, many of these disciples were no strangers to the Sea of Galilee. They were fishermen who had fished these waters their whole working lives. And they would have experienced some stormy situations on the Sea of Galilee. It was known, Galilee, for the the sudden storms uh, that that could be whipped up. Uh, But this storm was different. This was a storm that was so ferocious, so terrifying, that these experienced fishermen were in fear for their lives. So much so that they accused Jesus of not caring. But before they could accuse him, they first had to wake him up. Mark tells us in verse 38 that he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. Despite the the furious storm, Jesus was at peace. He was resting he clearly didn't share his disciples' fear he told them that they were going to the other side but the disciples they had become so focused on the storm that they lost sight of their savior their immediate circumstances were so dire that they had concluded that Jesus couldn't be trusted, and that he didn't care about them. And that accusation is one that that we can easily make when we are facing stormy times. When life is hard, when things are going badly, it can be easy to feel like God has abandoned us, that he doesn't care. But the very fact that Jesus was in the boat with them it should have told these disciples everything that they needed to know. Such was his care for them, his love for them, that Jesus was right there with them, right there in the eye of the storm. He hadn't left them. And it's the same for us. Now, sometimes we need to go through storms to see the extent of God's care for us. It's often only in times of severe trial that we can testify to the experience of Paul uh, when he he speaks about it in in Philippians chapter 4, that experience of a peace that passes all understanding. Or or sometimes it takes severe testing to to strip away all our usual means of coping or our self-reliance before we come to the realization that when all else fails, he remains faithful. Even if our health or our finances fail us, or our people that we trust betray us, the one who said, let's go to the other side, he promises to never leave us, to never forsake us. He is with us in the midst of every storm And he will see that we make it safely to the other side. And that's exactly what he did that night on the Sea of Galilee. In response to the faithless cries of his disciples, Jesus remained faithful. He didn't just teach them that he was with them. He also taught them something profound about who he was. If you look with me at verse 39. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, "'Peace.'" Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. In the midst of this furious storm, Jesus got up from his cushion, and he told the wind and the sea to settle down. And immediately, this terrifying storm that had filled these experienced sailors with such fear that had threatened to to take their lives, it immediately ceased. And where one moment that that little boat had been tossed around by the crashing waves, now it was just silently sitting on top of a glass-like sea. Jesus had calmed the storm with just a few words. He displayed his divine power as the Son of God, the one who has power over creation. And again and again, that is the message that we see at the heart of Mark's gospel that Jesus is God on earth. It's the extraordinary claim at the heart of the Christian faith. And if it's true, well, it has profound implications for every single person here, regardless of who you are or what you believe. And we've already seen in this series that that Mark is providing us with a historical, reliable eyewitness account, that that he wrote his gospel essentially as Peter's scribe. Peter was one of Jesus' original 12 disciples. And and there are a few details in this account that tell us that this is eyewitness testimony. Things like there's this incidental detail about other boats being in the water. There's no need for that to be in there other than it's part of eyewitness testimony. They play no part in the rest of the the account. Or the fact that Jesus was asleep on a cushion. Why mention the cushion? Only an eyewitness would know about that cushion. An eyewitness who saw that extraordinary miracle that night, who was there when Jesus calmed the storm with a few words. But while that storm had been calmed, the same couldn't be said for the disciples. At the sight of this miracle, these men, they were more afraid than they'd been in the midst of the storm. If you look with me at verse 40, he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey Him? These men, they'd been given a glimpse of who Jesus was. They'd seen something of His power over creation. They'd seen His glory, and it filled them, Mark says, with great fear. In Mark's account, fear is the common response to divine revelation. We're meant to understand that what these disciples saw on that sea that night was something of the glory of God. And that's one of the wonderful things about the trials that we face, that when we go through the storms of life, When we endure suffering, when we experience sorrow and pain in testing times, amidst the storm, we are given a a beautiful gift. And it's the gift of seeing our Lord at work in even the most difficult situations, the most tumultuous times of our lives. The one who has power, over every storm we might face. The King of creation who is in control of every circumstance and situation that we find ourselves in. Even in moments of terrible turmoil, when we might not be able to make any sense of our situation, we can still trust that He is at work bringing about His good purposes in the lives of His people, refining us, molding us, deepening our trust in Him, making us more and more into the likeness of Christ, replacing fear with faith, faith in the One who's shown us just how much He cared when He gave up the privileges of heaven and humbled Himself to death on a cross. On the cross, Jesus endured the ultimate storm. He willingly bore the full force of God's wrath against sin so that anyone who trusts in Him could know the peace and tranquility of His forgiveness. That's how much God cares. He loved us enough to give us His only Son. And if He has loved us like that, then there is never a storm that we will face alone. He promises to be with His people, whatever we might face. He promises to work out His good purposes in our lives and in the life of His church. And He promises to take us to the other side, That's the glorious hope that we have that whatever we might face, ultimately, one day, we will be with Him in glory, beholding Him face to face, knowing the peace and joy that only He can give, peace that will last for eternity. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank You that whatever storms we might face, whatever trials, whatever difficulties we might be going through right now, you are right there with us in the midst of the storm. And you are working out your good purposes in our lives. That nothing is wasted. And that you are the one who will ultimately calm every storm. That we can trust You and look to You and know that You are with us. And we pray, Lord God, that You would strengthen our faith, that You would deepen our trust, that in the midst of circumstances and situations that that cause us great stress and anxiety, that You would lift our eyes to You and that you would give us peace, peace that passes all understanding. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have to come to your table, to share in bread and wine. And we pray that as we do, that you would remind us again of your care, uh, your ultimate care, and that you were willing to come and die on a cross that we might know forgiveness and peace with our heavenly Father.